Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mr. Speaker Speaks. But this is a special edition. We're adding a new segment called On Point, and it is On Point with Robert G. Rudolph. It is where Robert is going to come with us and share his insight on particular issues and topics and how it affects people nationwide. My host of the segment On Point is Robert G. Rudolph. He is currently the Adjutant General of the Church of God in Christ, and his his career has spanned three decades of service in the area of politics and government. So today we're talking about a political issue. Bishop, welcome to your segment. How you doing? It's On Point with Robert G. Rudolph. How you doing? I am doing fine. How are you doing today? All uh, is well? All is well. All is well. And I want to let everybody know we're recording this edition of On Point on Clubhouse. And so if you're on Clubhouse right now, please go ahead and follow um, everyone. And if you'd like to ask a question or participate in the conversation uh, with Robert on today, just raise your hand and we will bring you to the floor. Give us a little bit of background about you before we move into this this topic, which is so highly debated today about the voter registration laws in Georgia. A little bit about your background. Well, for the past uh, few years, I've served as uh, as the general for the Church of God in Christ, which is the chief minister protocol for our great denomination. And I enjoyed the work there. Uh, I'm going to be doing some other work with the general board of our church in the coming months and into the next term. But I'm just excited about the future with the Church of God in Christ. Um, and before then, I spent roughly 30 years in a career in politics and government, from being a clerk to the legislature, the Arkansas legislature, to being a, a special assistant to the governor of Arkansas, and currently serving on the Arkansas State University System Board of Trustees as a member. So I, I've been involved in government, been involved in politics. And by being a minister and pastor for over 30 years, in addition to my political activity, I have seen some things in our country and wanted to get the opportunity to speak out uh, on some of these things in a form such as this. So I'm so glad that we have an opportunity to do so on today. All right. Um, would you prefer for me to call you Bishop or, or Robert during these segments? Oh, I, all everybody calls me Rudolph, so I'm oh. I'm 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 more comfortable with uh, Rudolph anyway. Okay, all right, we'll do that, Rudolph. This this 98 page election law that was passed by a GOP controlled legislature. Why should people be concerned about this issue? Well, it needs to be, and it needs to draw a huge concern uh, from everyone, particularly. Uh, well, in the state of Georgia, but everyone, and I'll explain the reason why. Um, this law has been uh, denounced basically by the Democrats and uh, voting rights groups, and it comes at a time when Republican-controlled legislatures across the country are mounting what I think is probably the most extensive uh, contraction of ballot access in years. And it's quite convenient that this has occurred right after a sweeping election in the state of Georgia. Georgia went blue for the first time in many, many years. And in this particular instance, two Democratic uh, U.S. senators were elected and uh, they're somewhat progressive. Uh, but the legislature in Georgia and even the governor of Georgia 
is uh, of the conservative side and a part of the Republican Party. Uh, so Thursday, the Republicans, or last Thursday, uh, the Republicans, they passed the, this sweeping law. And basically what it does, it, it restricts voting access in the state. And I, I am uh, uh, friends with a lot of uh, uh, Republican uh, individuals, and they're just saying that this bill is anti-democratic. It's not about a uh, or anti-democracy. It's not about Republicans. It's not about Democrats. It is basically this bill is anti-democracy. Uh, and what happens is that this bill, um, it, it, it just this particular new measure is going to make Georgia the first major battleground uh, to overhaul its election system since last year's presidential contest. Uh, so th this legislation, it followed uh, Democratic victories uh, that flipped the state in the past year uh, at, at the presidential, at the Senate levels. And it is just not a good situation because actually um, voting rights groups have basically condemned these efforts. And uh, we honestly think, um, and, I, and I tend to agree with them, that it unfairly targets voters of color. And this new law is going to just create a problem for a huge black population there in the state of Georgia. There are a lot of things going on in this bill and some of them, you know, I, I want to find out what you think is, is really, really stands out, but how do you think um, African-American or black voters, people of color are going to be adversely affected? Because I, I look at some of the things in, in the, in the law, um, early voting uh, expands, um, you know, ID is required. Um, they extended it. Um, for mail-in voting, but is that a bad thing or, or, or a good thing when it comes to making sure uh, elections are fair? What stands out in this bill to you? Well, let me just say this. Let me back up. All bills, all pieces of legislation, whether um, they are proposed by a Democratic um, representative or, or colleague or a Republican representative, all of them have good sides and bad sides. So let's Let's let me back up and, and tell you this, that not all legislation sponsored by a Republican or not all legislation sponsored by a Democrat is good or bad. There are there's some good and bad in, in all bills. But what really concerns me about this particular bill is because, number one, uh, it strips the secretary of state of some of his authority. And as you know, uh, brother, the secretary of state was the one who actually formally made the announcement um, of the actual who actually won the uh, electoral votes there in the state of Georgia. But one of the first things that the colleagues did, the, the people uh, in Georgia uh, in the legislature uh, in the Republican controlled legislature, they limited uh, the drop boxes. Um, they introduced a raft of new restrictions for voting and elections in the state in general. And then they stripped the secretary of state of some of his authority. Uh, so they they're now imposing new oversight of county election boards, restrict, restricting who can vote with provisional ballots. And 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 even in some instances in the 98 pages, uh, they made it a crime to offer food and water to voters waiting in lines. And, you know, as well as I do, that there were a lot of individuals who had to wait in some long lines in Georgia. And this could create a problem. So and, and the, the law also. Uh, one of the things the law also did is that it required runoff elections to be held, I believe it is, for four weeks 
after the original vote instead of the current nine weeks. Yeah. So they, they shortened the time on that. Let's get back to this whole concept of the powers being stripped from the secretary of state. How is how will that uh, how can that impact um, uh, voting uh, in, in that state? Because in my mind, I see that, you know, what they basically done was create a, a situation where they can legally overturn an election if they don't like the results. Is that somewhat what I see there? That's exactly my understanding as well. Um, if, for instance, in the past, the Secretary of State would say, okay, here are the numbers, and this individual, candidate A or candidate B, actually won this election. Well, if it goes to the legislature and the legislature does not agree with the outcome of the election, uh, it seems as if, and, and I don't have the documentation in front of me, but it seems as if the legislature could possibly turn over um, the the voting tally, basically to say um, that this happened in this particular area and uh, we believe the results should be this way versus what it actually was. And, and it's just so convenient that this is happening uh, within a couple of years of the governor's reelection attempt. Uh, and you know the race that was between him and Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So, so uh, this running is... against each other a couple, just a few years ago. So it's just very interesting how convenient this is right now. And that Brian Kemp, the governor is actually, he actually signed this into law and that uh, uh, the controlled legislature of his party uh, did it. So what I what I hear, you know, I, I can see this, you know, it's coming into into play right before his election. So if he loses, he has he has an advocate. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, it, it, it looks that way and it, it can go into the legislature as opposed to the secretary of state actually uh, saying that this is the or certifying uh, the vote. So that's that's very interesting. Two years before his reelection. Or, or his election, re-election campaign to be governor. Thought that was very, very interesting. And, and then let me also bring this out. Uh, one of the hardest restrictions or harshest restrictions that I see is there is a ban on Sunday voting. And that was somewhat seen as a, you know, attempt to, to stop the role of black churches in driving turnout and legislation yeah so, I, I wanted to address that because that that appeared to be like uh, i heard you know i know a lot of times uh it's you know uh they go to the polls on sundays uh typically in african-american churches and so mm-hmm. cutting that out really saying we want to kill uh the black vote well souls to the polls really made a difference in this past presidential election not only for uh the state of georgia but also for the world and or excuse me for the United States of America, it wasn't just Georgia that was affected, but the souls to the polls was really a huge turnout uh, for African-American votes. And to take that away, um, it's just it's going to create a problem for people who would like to vote and are not able to do it during the week due to working and that kind of thing. So it's it's an interesting interesting concept it really is um blake you uh brought you to the floor you had a question go ahead blake you have a have a question you can go ahead and unmute yourself 
I'd also just like to say that the vote uh, it passed the Georgia House uh, by a party line vote of 100 to 75, and then it was approved by the Senate in the evening on a 34 to 20 vote uh, before being signed by uh, Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican. So, again, it's just very interesting that all of this occurred during this particular uh, period of time. Very interesting. You're listening to On Point with Robert G. Rudolph, a new segment of Mr. Speaker Speaks, and we're broadcasting right here on Clubhouse and taping this as well. You'll be able to listen to this broadcast in its entirety on podcast.vincenttedwards.com. With all of this going on, uh, Rudolph, what can be done? I mean, it's already been signed in. Sorry about that. I've been... uh, been muted and just talking here oh my goodness um (laughs) i'm I'm just going with all of this going on um what can be done what can the people do because it's already uh you know in legislation well i think the largest thing is that first of all we need to be become aware of what is exactly happening not only in the state of georgia but across this country particularly in southern states Uh, We need to be made aware that this voter restriction, uh, this campaign to restrict voting, uh, particularly in uh, the communities of color, is being done. That's first of all. And I think second of all, I I think that uh, in the upcoming election, those individuals who live in the state of Georgia and in other states where this is happening, I just believe that they need to actually um, hold their public office holders accountable for this type of action because it will uh, create some interesting situations and scenarios going forward if and when uh, this is allowed to continue um, throughout the the country. So it's just very interesting, very interesting, and uh, we need to do something about it and need to be made aware of what's going on. What role does the church play in all of this? Well, I, I am going to be very honest with you. I think that uh, uh, church organizations across the country are waking up to this and understanding that if um, if nothing is said, uh, then there's going to be um, there's going to be an issue. Um, I, I want to uh, bring to you or bring to your attention uh, something that uh, John Lewis came up with many years ago. Um, and, and, you know, voter suppression is just not a good thing. And, and those who are leaders of, of uh, organizations uh, that their the constituency is going to be affected, I think that we need to do something about it. Uh, why, do, why do we rally to protest voter registration or, excuse me, voter suppression? Well, it's because uh, it's an old speech that uh, John Lewis uh, said where he talked about um, our ancestors looking down on us right now. Um, uh, I, I remember him talking about that uh, before he passed away. He said, our ancestors are looking at us and they are trying to determine what we are going to do. Well, right now, I, I'm going to quote him. Um, I, I want to quote uh, Congressman, the, the late Congressman John Lewis when he said that the history is watching us right now. And it's very important how we respond. Are we just going to uh, preach on Sunday morning and not be concerned about community through the rest of the week? Or are we actually going to be about the business of trying to make a difference 
in our communities. I think that's extremely important for the church to realize, particularly in the African-American church. We, we need to take the lead on expressing to our people what's going on in this situation. Are you aware of any um, events or anything that are being that's being put into into place or being organized by churches to address this issue at this time? I don't have anything in front of me, but I have heard uh, through the grapevine that uh, the Church of God in Christ, um, uh, the National Baptist Convention and other organizations, I believe the African Methodist Episcopal Church and other uh, church organizations uh, that make up uh, the Congress of uh, Black Churches, a National Congress of Black Churches. If, I hope I'm, I'm uh, using that, that term correctly in the actual name of the organization, but uh, uh, irregardless, all of the uh, church organizations, uh, majority um, African-American or, or historically black uh, church organizations, such as National Baptist Convention, Church of God in Christ, AME Church, CME Church, it is my understanding that they are doing uh, some uh, some efforts of informing its constituency of what's happening. And I'm, I'm understanding we will hear soon from uh, the leaders of all of the religious denominations within the African-American community. Uh, Brother Blake, are you back? Did you have anything that you want to add to the conversation or ask a question to Rudolph? No, not at this time. Okay. So this whole concept of voting, uh, the African-American community went through a lot to even, you know, achieve voting rights. Why do you think we, we are still somewhat passive about voting? Because I talk to a lot of con um, friends of mine and some of them vote, some of them don't vote because they say oh, it, it really doesn't count. Well, you have to understand that I think that the generation that we're dealing with now, uh, quite frankly, has no, I can't say has no history. I, I can't say no history, but very little concern about the struggles of the past. Remember now, the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, was signed in the mid-60s. And that was 50, you know, 60 years ago, uh, almost. So you, you're dealing with a group, um, and, and certain things are not being taught like they used to be uh, within our community. So therefore, a lot of individuals may or may not really understand the true significance of us not having the right to vote, uh, the poll taxes that had to be paid, the, the people who were killed, people who shed blood uh, so that we could have the right to vote and, and that we would be treated as human beings. Uh, but uh, if, if you don't know that struggle, then it may not mean much to you. And that's that is where we need to wake up and, and uh, call um, and, and do something so that people will know this is what's happening if nothing, if we don't do anything. We have to make a difference. We have to make a change. And this is the best way to do it. Let's understand about voter suppression and stop this voter suppression in our communities. Okay, go ahead. Um, Tanya, uh, you can come on up to the floor. You have a question. Yes, good afternoon. I apologize. I was late to the conversation, but I wanted to find out uh, what's the timeline. Um, I know that things are, are underway 
to um, make changes? Do we have a, a rough, rough, rough timeline? Well, I think that um, at this point, a lot of this is trying to fester shortly before the election cycle of 22. Remember now that uh, four years ago, the state of Georgia had a major election for governor, a major election between Governor Brian Kemp and also Stacey Abrams. Um, and I would just imagine that those individuals who are supporters of the current governor would like to keep him in office. And so with this being uh, 2021 and uh, the election cycle is about to start, so I would think that they would want to um, do some more of this before the 22 uh, the governor's election or the election in the state of Georgia in 22. I would imagine that's that's the goal. Um, as far as what we can do at this point, I, I, that I don't know if this law could actually be repealed uh, from the Georgia's legislature, but something something needs to be done, if nothing but to keep us, um, to, to keep an ongoing relationship with our community to let them know this is on the horizon. We are going to have to speak out against these measures and hold our public officials responsible and accountable for this kind of uh, action. So, so Bishop, you know, if, if things can't uh, be overturned and you're talking about speaking out, would it be advantageous for uh, those that are affected by this legislation uh, to really get out and really make an impact within the rules, meaning that, OK, they've changed the rules, but don't let the rule change affect us and be more uh, uh, be more intentional about getting out to vote. I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I would agree with that close to I think it was two point five million uh, people voted in the general election in 2020 uh, from the state of Georgia within uh on the other side, the, the Democrats. So I would say roughly two to 2.5 million Democrats voted in the general election in 2020. So, but the Democrats in the house of representatives in the state of Georgia, they were left out of any kind of input into the drafting of the bill, meaningful input in the drafting of the bill. So you, you, you just have to understand what's at stake. I think you have to understand that, uh, if this has been an attempt and they were successful with this an attempt with a uh, Republican controlled legislature, you might need to understand that there can be some other provisions uh, that can that can that can take over local election boards and possible uh, election county election um, committees. We, we just have to be careful and watchful at this point. You're listening to On Point with Robert G. Rudolph, a new segment of Mr. Speaker Speaks. Um, Rudolph, what economic impact do you think this legislation will have or can have on the state of Georgia? Because I've, I've been made aware of certain corporations are pulling out. I even saw something today that I think uh, Will Smith was considering or pulling out of, of, of making his movie in the state of Georgia. What do you think about that? Well, that will have an effect, I think, uh, on uh, the movie industry because Georgia is probably one of the leading areas outside of Hollywood uh, to make movies now. And the film industry is very strong there in Georgia. So that might make, um, that might do something. Also, there are some other corporations, as, as we know, the, the major league, uh, major leagues have, have, uh, have a boycott basically now in the state of Georgia. Uh, so maybe over a period of time, 
uh, this will help them to see that something needs to be done, uh, similar to what was happening in the state of Mississippi concerning uh, the the flag, uh, the, the Mississippi flag, which was very close to uh, the Confederate flag and how it looked. And uh, there were many corporations, many, I think the NCAA decided to cancel uh, some uh, some games or, or something to that effect, and uh, which helped them to to change their the flag um, or, or the look of the flag. So I think this is going to do something to make people really consider uh, boycotting and, and this boycotting will do something with economic turn uh, in, in the state of Georgia. Uh, any any little bit will help. And I think they are going to make a uh, make it a point to do so. Wow. And you're listening to On Point with Robert uh, Rudolph here. Uh, here's the thing. If this sticks in Georgia and it doesn't go away and it sticks on the wall, what are the long-term effects for the rest of the country and other states? Could they potentially follow suit? And that could have a tremendous impact. I, I would think so. This is just me on the outside looking uh, in. I, I believe that that would have an impact. Um, and if if you can get away with it in one place, uh, then uh, some people in other areas would think that they could do the same thing in other areas. So, yes, and that's that's very we have to be very careful of that, because if that happens and if they are successful in one southern state, uh, it could it could, or any any state for that matter, it could be done uh, in another area uh, that has the same makeup um, within the legislature along party lines. So what would you say um, to those voters in Georgia right now? Well, you have to make certain that voter suppression is real. This is real. And as we get closer and closer and closer uh, to the election, voter suppression is real. And we need to understand that if if we cannot speak out against these types of measures. If we don't do anything about it, we might have uh, an issue in other states. And and this will, you know, we need to rally to make sure that people understand that voter suppression is wrong. This is anti-democracy. Uh, this is not, this is not what needs to be done. And again, as I mentioned earlier, history is watching. What are we going to do? Are we going to sit and be quiet? Or are we actually going to be involved to make a difference, to make a change. I, I would think we would do the latter, or at least I would hope we would do the latter, but we need to know what's happening because a lot of individuals, they have no idea what's going on in the state of Georgia and how that will affect Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, and other places as well. So it's extremely important for us to do something in this regard as soon as possible to make a change. What would you recommend? I, I know you're, you're, you're Bishop and you have many, uh, a jurisdiction and many, many churches um, underneath your supervision. What would you say can be done at the local church? What would you, any recommendation you would give to a, a local pastor uh, to make people aware and not even just in the state of, of Georgia, but anywhere, um, what can a local pastor do to bring awareness to this issue? Well, locally, what we have done in the uh, congregation that I serve is, number one, we made, we have made people aware of what's happening in the state of Georgia. Uh, 
because if it can happen in Georgia, it can happen in Arkansas or in other places. Number one. Number two, we are going to make certain that people who are not registered to vote in our congregation, we are going to make certain that they are uh, registered to vote and then that they actually vote on the issues, not based upon someone's party, not based upon uh, someone's belief but based upon what we actually see. This individual, candidate A, is on the ballot, and he is running to be your state senator, or he is running to be reelected your state senator. Uh, Instead of blindly voting for that particular person just because um, they might be Democrat or they might be Republican, we're not doing that. What we're doing is saying, let's look at the record. What has this person done over the last five years or or six years, however many many years they have been in office? What have they done? And when you look at the record and you see or you disagree with that person's record, do not blindly vote for this individual just because they are a member of a certain party. But vote for them because they stand up for the things that you stand up for. And if they don't, you need to be able to communicate that with that political office holder. Um, That's extremely important. Let's just not blindly vote for individuals just because of party, but let's make sure that they are supporting the things that we support. That is so vitally important in today's world. We need to be more aware of what's going on so that our vote really will matter and uh, more people understand the situation at hand. Before I allow you to make your last point today, how can the church really do this and and really maintain their their nonprofit status? Um, because they, I know from from an understanding of law that they can't get too involved in politics. So how do they walk that thin line? I think the largest thing is we need to understand that people uh, are people and they have political opinions. But uh, of course, the church cannot say that we are voting for uh, candidate A. Uh, we, we can't make a blanket statement like that. But what we can do is let the individuals, uh, the, the individual citizens within the church understand uh, the this is the time that we need to vote. Here are the candidates that are voting and, and here are the or here are the candidates that are running. And here are the candidates uh, and their positions in the past, especially if they're in a legislative type situation where if they voted on something in the past that you disagree with or have a a very unique problem with, then maybe, just maybe, you might need to support uh, someone else uh, in that particular particular office. Uh, No, we cannot uh, endorse people. The church cannot endorse uh, individuals, but you can inform the public of of who voted how and uh, why you think they voted that particular way, which which makes people, that makes people think uh, in a a positive sense of what needs to be done. All right. We're getting ready to wrap up with today's session of On Point with Robert G. Rudolph. Before we close, what's your last point today on On Point? We just need to wake up and realize what's happening in our country. It is not just happening in the state of Georgia, mind you. It is happening in other states as well. Um, Voter suppression is real. It is extremely real. And if it can happen in one place, it can happen somewhere else. It is vitally, vitally crucial that if we continue to go forward 
in the direction that we're going. It may not be a good thing for our country, particularly people of color. So let's wake up and understand that this is very serious. This is very real and do something about it. Don't just sit back, uh, but actually speak out against it or possibly do something about it and make certain uh, that we get individuals out to vote so that they will know and be aware. They can be educated of what and how they need to vote. That is so, so crucial in today's world. All right. Thank you so very much, Rudolph. All right. We're getting ready to close out this brand new segment of Mr. Speaker Speaks, and it is entitled On Point with Robert G. Rudolph. Be on the lookout for more episodes as he comes and shares insights on different issues and topics so that we can be informed and make great decisions. Check it out on podcast.vincenttedwards.com and it will be available on all the platforms Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, Google check it out Mr. Speaker Speaks with a new segment On Point